0: to another Culture Gym podcast with your hosts Carly Richards and Gareth Shackleton. Talking to each other and guests about good mental health, peak performance and employee engagement through your culture. Let's work out. Good morning everybody, you're listening to the Culture Gym podcast. Uh, after a week off, uh, hopefully you're refreshed and revived as we are uh, and ready to get, raring to go on the, the next episode. From the Culture Gym. Good morning, Carly. How are you?
1: I'm really well, Gareth. Thank you. How are you?
0: Uh, good. Yeah, a week's holiday and uh, a change of environment uh, is uh, helping me to um, focus and, and energised.
1: Oh, that's great. Did you have a nice break?
0: It was good. Yeah, very good. Um, a week of walking in the hills of Scotland and uh, uh, along the coasts and locks, um, yeah it was great.
1: Oh it sounds lovely, just what you need before moving to your new office.
0: Yeah that's right new office, so a new environment, a new place to to be and um, yeah booking the trend I guess somewhat, the news seems to be about people moving out of offices and moving to working from home more but uh, Decided, uh, you know, the new normal for me is going to be uh, working
1: from an office. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you've done the opposite. It's mm. Sometimes nice to be different.
0: Yeah, I, I guess not just for the sake of it, but um, being different with with purpose, and um, yeah, it's about getting closer to my clients really, and yeah. uh, and the people I work with. So yeah.
1: Excellent. Um, well, m- my week this week is all about the kids going back to school.
0: Indeed, finally,
1: yeah, after finally. So um, yeah, we've been just kind of getting to grips with a new morning routine because my son started a new school, so um, he's gone to middle school, and um, he was. They were both nervous but excited, and luckily, Touchwood, we had no hiccups. But I do. I'm very aware that there will be many parents and many children out there struggling to get back into either routine or, you know, the thought of going to school and being away from home, and yeah, it can be a bit scary and a bit daunting because uh, I think people's foundations have been rocked a little bit, and that includes the kids. So yeah. um, I think it's going to be a bit of an adjustment. I think for a lot of parents, it's probably going to be an adjustment just um, getting used to kind of not having the kids at home mm. and settling down and thinking right now, if they are still working from home now, I can continue to work. And now I have to find this kind of new workspace all over again, because it's not going to be quite so busy. And um, if they're going back into the office, then again, that's a huge adjustment for people. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads on nicely to our topic of the week. Great. Um, we're going to talk about how, well specifically maslow's hierarchy of needs i'm sure many many people are familiar with this um but specifically how our human needs and i suppose not just our needs but our kind of things we need to do well have all been challenged and in some ways threatened and um changed shall we say And how we as human beings have had to adapt and be resilient towards that change and um, find ways of coping when our needs have been threatened. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah,
0: good. So I guess a good place to start is just to recap on the, uh, the levels in, in Maslow's hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And I'll so, pass it over to you as the psychologist amongst us.
1: well your your base levels are really kind of um baseline kind of safety shelter food water that kind of thing
0: um
1: and then you you move on to um kind of more belonging and needs of love and um and then it's more about kind of self-awareness and um, and then the the final stage at the top is really about thriving, I guess, really mm-hmm. about kind of self actualization. Yeah. Um. So yeah.
0: So how do you uh, see the the current situation with COVID? I mean, and I guess this is fluid. So the the, the early stages of the the lockdown pandemic lockdown would, would have had one impact, but right now we're you know we're coming out of lockdown, as you've said kids are going back to school people are going back to work. How do you see this as uh, how this situation is affecting people along that scale of Maslow's hierarchy
1: I think so the, the thing about Maslow's hierarchy of needs actually it wasn't actually Maslow who put the needs into a hierarchy Mm I can't remember the the person who did but it wasn't actually Maslow he just proposed that we have these basic we have these human needs in order to do well and um so when they were put into a hierarchy I guess the the idea is that if you don't have the basic the basic stuff then you're never going to be able to self-actualize actually there's there's a fair bit of research that suggests that's not always necessarily the case however it's on the whole pretty much you know we we do need to have food shelter safety all of these things in order to be able to get to the the kind of places we want to get to in life so yeah um,
0: things aren't met if you if you haven't got enough food Yes. You're exactly. injury, then you're not going to be worrying about self actualizing, that's for sure. Exactly. Uh, with a roof over your head, and um, yeah.
1: And so I think certainly um, what the virus has done in the pandemic, certainly in the earlier stages, and for a lot of people still now, has threatened some of those basic needs. So, for example, um, obviously the health first of all major issue you know certainly in the beginning when there was a lot of we did we didn't know an awful lot about the virus and we still don't to be fair um we were all concerned about getting the virus what that meant we were seeing horrible stories in the media and rightly so you know it's it's just been awful and so when we feel that kind of it's almost like um the saber-toothed tigers coming towards us and it's that fight or flight or freeze or mm-hmm. how many F's it is now, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so we have, we have that kind of instinctive, let's deal with this and then our stress levels rise. And then we're kind of living in that heightened stress constantly because of this worry about the virus. Mm. So there's the health aspect of it, first of all, that's been threatened. But for probably a lot of people, just the sheer worry of it all. Yeah. Um, particularly if they've come into contact with someone that they know who's had the virus or if they've been near people or an in or a city. For example, at the minute my brother lives in Glasgow, so he's, you know, now in a heightened state of lockdown um, than we are. And so there's that kind of extra
0: worry about in certain areas it's a constant I... concern at the moment isn't it wherever you go you go to the shops you you go into a cafe um you know to support local businesses yeah i'm aware of this right now because i've you know been on holiday and, and going on holiday you want to do things you want to go places so every time you walk down the street you know you're trying to dodge out of the way to keep some distance between people it's completely unnatural and yeah. um, and it's a com- you know it's something that you're conscious of in a way that we haven't that we normally aren't and so that's bound to have some impact on you know just talking about the polls here the kind of self-actualization you know if you if you're spending more and more time thinking about staying two meters away from the next person or is the person at the table in the cafe coughing and you know all of those kinds of things you're not thinking about connecting with your spouse or, or with your child or um you know reading the book that you're trying to learn something new you know all of these things that we would normally take for granted
1: Mm -hmm, exactly Even,
0: even if you're not in lockdown the health concern is much more um at the forefront of your thoughts now than than it would normally be
1: yeah exactly um and i also i think that not just the health but Way down there at the bottom, are also, you know, things like our, our safety has been threatened because of perhaps mm-hmm. people have been made redundant um, and therefore they don't have the financial earnings that they once had.
0: Yep.
1: Um, there's, there'll be a lot of companies out there that might be listening to this, the leaders of whom, the owners of whom will be worrying about, um, you know, perhaps not surviving this and going under or having to make people redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a lot of issues even just for people who are on furlough it, it perhaps 80% of their regular income that's bound to have affected lots of people Um so you know we're talking about lots of people losing their homes and um, or, or even just simple things like you know how many washing machines will have broken during lockdown that people can't afford to replace and it's it's simple straightforward things that um, we take for granted perhaps but you know increase the stress levels as mm-hmm. well so yeah so all of those basic needs in some way most of us will have been affected by a lot of that yep Um, something which wouldn't have normally happened on a day-to-day basis prior to the lockdown and something which will inevitably no doubt impact our thoughts, behaviors, stress levels, how we feel, how we interact with people, as you say. Um, So now that children will be going back to school, I I anticipate that a lot more um, people will be headed back to the offices, will be headed back to their work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then, if you were concerned about it on holiday, perhaps some of these people haven't had to maybe deal with dodging people or whatever until you know maybe a couple of times a week at the supermarket or if they'd gone out or whatever but but not certainly on a regular basis on a day-to-day basis so if they're do, doing school run for example dropping children off in the morning dodging some of the other parents and um, then having to because we have to wear our mask to drop my youngest off so oh. you know it's it's a change it's a huge change everyone's yeah. there in the mask you can't really communicate and. and it's it's harder to communicate when people wear a mask for a start so yeah. um that's a change and then you go to work you're having to do very you know the same in the office and it's
0: yeah it's just it, bizarre.
1: It,
0: it's interesting you know being in a workplace that level of attention that you have to pay to the things that you're touching things that you wouldn't normally consider and that, you know and this is one of the things that interests me that yeah, you know, if you're paying attention to one thing, you've got less attention you can pay to other things. It's inevitable. You know, we we've only got a certain amount of, of attention we can give to things and and the amount of attention that you have to give in the workplace to, you know, touching the door handle, touching light switches, touching the kettle, you know, it, it it's ever present in your thinking as you go around the workplace and, and then having to find the, the sanitization station to to uh, disinfect your hands and Make sure you're not spreading things around. It's um, mm-hmm. it's there, it's pervasive. Uh, and even if you, you know, as you say, it could be raising your stress levels, which isn't a good thing for paying attention and, and being productive yeah. uh, in itself. But even if you're not being particularly stressed by it or you become desensitized to that, you just, it becomes part of your new normal, you're paying attention to it. And uh, having to pay attention to that other than rather than other things mm-hmm. so that's, that's a, a big change you know something that has to be taken into account in the workplace
1: yeah, and those relationships you know friendships at work um just oh. kind of those those colleague relationships are going to be affected um, and that that's the third level on the hierarchy you know so relationships but not just with colleagues with our friends with our family that we can you know I, I was supposed to visit my brother this weekend with the kids and we can't can't do that mm. because we're not allowed to go and visit his household so um all of these relationships are affected now the good thing is i guess people have found other ways to to kind of develop those relationships you know via video calls and um and have taken more time to perhaps phone each other and you know, just wave to each other across the street. I remember way back in the early lockdown, I would just purposely stand at my front door and wave to my neighbor sometimes just to be like, you're okay? <laughs> um, just to have some human connections. So, so, you know, th- that, that's that been affected as well. And that's huge. Mm. Um, Which will inevitably move on to kind of the top couple of levels, which are, you know, self-esteem, feeling of feeling like you've achieved things that feeling of accomplishment um, and then moving on to achieving your full potential Um, and you know being creative and things if you haven't got the basic stuff as you said earlier how can we expect our employees for example to then be able to move on to achieve those those big goals that we perhaps need them to achieve because we need our company to survive throughout this or thrive even.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it's being aware of that, isn't it? You know, if if job security is uh, threatened, Mm -hmm. then will people be giving their best? Will they be in the the right frame of mind to be creative and and to do their best work? And uh, Mm -hmm. it's less likely, sadly, on average. It
1: really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess that, um, what employers can do perhaps to, to kind of mitigate some of that is I mean we, we say it all the time but obviously just to listen to be aware to empathize and um, offer as much security as possible and um, from a financial perspective from a you know a, a job security perspective um a, just a, an ear to listen so from an emotional perspective offer some support yeah
0: and i think the other aspect you know communications is two-way thing and i think the other thing is being open and honest about the situation that the business is in you know people tend to catastrophize in the lack of information um and so if you can provide as an employer provide as much openness about the the status of the business um particularly if it's a difficult time for the business uh, you know, be open and honest about that provide the, the information so that employees can be part of the solution as well. And then they yeah. can be involved in developing, creating their own security by being part of the solution and being part of bringing the business out of this. If they don't have the information, they can't do that. They can't be part of the solution, except by command and control. And that's no way to run an organization these days. So mm, okay. being open and honest, providing the information and allowing your employees to be part of the solution. That gives them security and the opportunity to be creative and, and to rise up the, the, the hierarchy.
1: Uh, yeah, it allows them to take some responsibility as well, right. which when, when you know, a lot, a lot of us have felt a lack of control for mm. such a long time, I think being able to have some control in in the direction of the establishment that you work for um and and almost being empowered to you know feel good about well I actually I actually have a say and I can I can have an input here and I can help that will inevitably help people I think as long as employers are um you know giving that information in a hopeful way perhaps if if they were to say you know well this is the end basically then that's almost detrimental because, again, that adds to the threat of job security, and, or job insecurity and yeah. financial insecurity. Um, if they were to offer hope, well, there's always hope, isn't there? I, I...
0: Well, there has to be, and I, and I think the point of sharing information like that about the status of the business and, and the, the difficulties that it's in, if that's where the business is, is about saying, well, look, this is the, the situation. These are the things that we can do to change that Mm. and to improve things, and these are the kinds of things that you know you need to do. Or what are the things that you can do to help to to achieve those those goals? You know, it it has to be delivered in that proactive way rather than the fair complete, just providing information and saying so we're done. Then there's nothing we can do about this. Well, that, that doesn't do anybody any good.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah um and and that brings us on nicely to our question this week which is what do people need in order to thrive Mm. and i think this is something that's kind of loaded with just you know it could be anything what what do we need i mean we could tackle this on an individual basis what do individuals need what do companies need what do um and i think Different people need different things, but as human beings, there's probably some core things that we need in order to 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 thrive
0: mm-hmm.
1: at work, at life, um, and I think you know Maslow's hierarchy certainly attempts to to touch on that. Mm-hmm. To say, well, we need we need the core stuff set in stone. We need to be okay with that first. And then we can move on to bigger and and kind of better things and and really thrive rather than just survive. You know, what's the difference on that spectrum between just surviving, which, you know, is more so that our basic needs are met, Mm -hmm. and how do we move all the way over here to, well, now we're thriving?
0: Yeah, that's right. And you've got to get that. First level in first, haven't you, the priority. If your survival is threatened, you've got to deal with that first. Yeah. You know, before you even start to think about thriving, but then once you've dealt with that, once you've got that in place, you've got that security, that safety back. Uh, then we can start to think about other things. You know, um, and, and some of the things I think about there uh, around thriving are: if surviving is about safety and security and about consistency one of the things about thriving is having some variety you yeah. know and it's almost that that difference there that um that opposite so security is about uh, uh consistency and a uh, stable environment whereas actually to thrive one of the things we need is some variety variety is the spice of life
1: yeah
0: so uh yeah so that's one thing
1: yeah, I mean, what let's, I guess, let's talk about some real life examples as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, not just rely on the research, but what is it that you think some of your clients perhaps do or have or think um, in order to, when they're doing really, really well, when you can see that they are self actualizing or achieving their goals or yeah. feeling great about life in general and really thriving?
0: I think one of the things is having having purpose, you know, having a real reason for doing the things that you're doing. Um, you know, for my clients, it it can be very easy to get stuck in the day-to-day of doing things. You're running a business it's, as a business owner, or as a, a director of a company. There's lots of things to do, and lots of responsibilities, employees to look after the strategy to take care of the finances to do the the marketing plan to make you, you keep on track all of these things have to be dealt with and you can get you can lose track of why you're doing it yeah. I think having that clear purpose that you can keep on coming back to particularly when th- times are tough um yeah that can really help you to uh to thrive you know we're talking about using that word here so why not use it help you to thrive because you can see that you're doing something important That what you're doing is significant and you get significance from that that you're um you're contributing you're doing something that that's important for you for your family for your employees for the world for for, you, for your community you know so you get that significance from that so re- having that purpose is almost like um, a cornerstone to some of these basic uh, psychological needs that people have of making a contribution of of, of being significant uh, in in your own life um, and and growing as well I think you know that that sense of purpose gives you that opportunity to grow because if a purpose is big enough you probably don't have all of the tools that you need right now in order to achieve it So you need to learn some things, you need to develop some new tools, you need to make some mistakes and learn from them in order to move forward. So that sense of of being on a journey and and growing as a person helps people to thrive.
1: Mm -hmm. I think um, I completely agree with all of those things. I think there's lots of sort of lots of pieces of this puzzle of thriving i think you know to name a couple of them i, I would suggest communication and um, even the most introverted of people we are human beings and we know that it's we are built to be with other people yep. um, so even the most introverted people do need that human connection which is why people have struggled in lockdown. Mm. And that kind of links in nicely with what you're saying about purpose, because to be part of a team at work, all to be working towards the same or a similar um, purpose for a company is really important. Um, And so to to all be your kind of on board with that is key to certainly, driving team, but also to, to make help people feel good about what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right, and having that common purpose, or, or at least a common goal for a team is really important. You know, you can't really have teamwork unless everybody's working towards the same goal. But that has to be a goal that's important to every individual within that team. Yeah. You know, you, I think this is a, a really challenging one for, for many businesses in terms of setting a goal It's easy to say, well, our goal this year is to to make a billion pounds turnover or a million pounds, however big the business is, Um, but without actually stopping and thinking, well, what does that mean to each individual employee? What do they get from that? What's the significance to them of that goal? Then you haven't really got a common goal that can galvanize a team and bring that team together and and work together as a team. So you know that goal setting which is really important for people to thrive has to be done in that sense of why is that important to you what difference does that make to you as, a, as an individual you know as, as a manager we need to have that conversation with each of our employees to help them to to work together as part of the team
1: yeah in my opinion i agree i agree and um, I think people need to feel a certain sense of ownership of, of whatever yeah. part they yeah. play within that common goal and that common purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, yeah, when, when you're doing that for your team to create a thriving team, it's all about empowering people, mm-hmm. um, you know, supporting them in the right way to help them achieve their goal, coaching them if necessary. Yeah. These things to help towards that kind of common purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing I, I was thinking about is people need to, it's, for me I've found it's a, it's a, a lot to do with perception, people's perceptions of mm. life. Um, and within that perception, it's about, you know, I suppose you would understand it as glass half full and glass half empty normally. And I don't think that we're all either one or the other all the time. Mm. I think that, um, we can certainly have a much more positive outlook some days than others we can certainly have a much more positive outlook in some situations perhaps we're more positive at work than we are at home or vice versa Mm -hmm. and as a general rule i that i know that you know neuroplasticity and and various new more more recent research tells us that that can change Mm -hmm. we can take control of that ourselves and empower ourselves to um, maintain a more positive outlook on life on the whole in general or as often as we can Um, and i think that then comes back to resilience how resilient are we in order to bounce back from troubles because we're all going to face problems Look at what's happened recently. This has affected just about every single person in the world in some way. Um, So we're all going to have these hurdles. We're all going to face problems. And I I think what's been really interesting about this virus is that it's affected all of us, even, you know, from, from me to my husband, let alone our family to another family, it's affected all of us in such a a multitude of different ways, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. You and I have had conversations and recognize that, wow, what's happening with me is completely different to what's happening with you. And because of all sorts of different reasons. Um, and I think that's another thing that employers could be mindful of, or probably will be mindful of in order to help each individual employee do well when they are back to work or have been at work or are work, still working from home. Um in order to help their staff thrive we need to appreciate that we've all been affected differently we all have different levels of resilience we all have different levels of perception and life experiences that are going to affect all of these different things and whilst there's not really a solution to that other than help employees to be perhaps a little bit more resilient or positive um, there's not really one kind of one size fits all in terms of what the solution is for each individual, but we can certainly be mindful of that as leaders.
0: That's right. I think the sense here is that the solution is not to treat individuals as all the same.
1: Mm.
0: You know, it's about spending the time to understand where an individual is and who an individual is with, without judgment.
1: You yes. know, everybody's
0: different we all start from a different place um, and part of the job is not to judge that as good or bad or indifferent uh, just what it is and, and to help them to be as productive and, and contribute as much as possible to the organization. Um, yeah. And, and that's the, that's the one thing, if you like, that comes out of, of that for me is there may not be one size fits all solution, but the solution is to treat everybody as, as being different.
1: Yeah, and that's actually, you know, what we do with clients, isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you apply that same principle and that same rule or law to the various different levels within organisations or the world, in fact, you know?
0: Well, and we have to do that with an organisation as a whole as well. Every organisation is different, and we have to recognise that without judgement. I mean, to think about pigeonholing organisations into, into a culture type, you know, it's one of the... That the models that has been used in the past of saying, well, you fit into one of these boxes. This is your culture and you fit into that box. Uh, and you can be in one of four boxes. You know, it, it, it can be interesting and, and, and useful to, a, to an extent of um, creating a, a first level of understanding of an organization's culture. But at the end of the day, every, every organization is different. And to, to, again, judge a culture as being good or bad on the basis of being in one of four boxes is, is inappropriate, really. We have yeah. to start by doing a, a, an in-depth understanding of what that organisation looks like and, and mm. the culture of that and how it affects the organisation's performance and people's performance.
1: Yeah, I think it's also very worthwhile remembering, and I learned this from a, a really good mentor of mine, that you know, according to whom and to whose standards mm. are you to be or achieve that for and um, so you know if, if a company were to say well we want this culture or we want to be performing at this level and you always have to ask well why is that mm-hmm. and and you know where does that come from and mm-hmm. what purpose will this serve is it just because you think that's the correct culture that you should have which is why a lot of people you know, have very similar values if you were to go into an organization. But actually, that's not who you are. That's yeah. who you want to be or who you think you should be. Yeah. But it's not necessarily who you are. And, and we've always fought for encouraging organizations, leaders, individuals to be the best version of themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so I think that also applies to leaders supporting their staff help your staff be the best versions of themselves and that's really getting to know them and really understanding who they are and what, what are they about which will inevitably contribute to your awareness and understanding and ability to support or improve the culture of the organization because all of these people are your culture they you know they're contributing to the culture on a minute to minute basis.
0: That's right, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think it's one of, one of the dangers, potential dangers of you know, deliberately defining your culture, is that you start to define things the way you you'd like them to be, or according to a certain set of standards and criteria, that you, that's the way your culture should be and you end up with this description of your culture, which is completely different to what the culture actually is.
1: Exactly. It can
0: be, well, it could be dangerous, it could be damaging to the organization in the end. Um, So much better to actually say, well, what is the culture? You know, what are the things that are actually going on here, rather than, you know, sitting down with a blank piece of paper and and defining what your your culture is. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, because I think you're absolutely right, I mean, we know that it is very detrimental towards people and individuals, certainly on this kind of spectrum of surviving or thriving or God forbid, you know, not surviving at all um, and not coping. Yes. And so we know that actually, if you're trying to force people to behave in certain ways that just doesn't fit with them or or you're saying that this is what we value when actually your behavior is very different to that. and. and employees aren't stupid you know they're going to pick up on that well actually in the handbook it says that we're supposed to value this but you've just done this to me and that doesn't feel like it's consistent and so you know that's going to demotivate disempower devalue themselves it's just it's very unsupportive and it's the opposite effect of thriving it's it's just really bad for culture, really bad for employees and, and you know not going to enable your business to grow, improve, which is inevitably what everybody wants for the greater good. Yeah,
0: we, We've opened up a, a real topic of conversation there, which I'm sure we can explore in depth in, in future podcasts. Um, but unfortunately, we've run out of time.
1: Yes. Keep it so, to round uh, half Yeah,
0: watch this space for further, uh, further discussions about, about that topic.
1: Mm-hmm. If anyone has any questions, please drop us an email and um, pop a message onto the, the platform. Your, if not, Anchor FM, I think, is the original yeah. platform.
0: Anchor.fm or, or Spotify or, and then numerous other places as well. I, I've run out of, um, I don't remember where they all are.
1: <laughs> Can you send a message on all of them? Can
0: people leave I suspect so. Yeah, I, we'll we'll put together a list and we'll we'll post all of the places where you yeah. uh, where you can access it and and leave comments.
1: Yeah, and people can always send us a message on LinkedIn.
0: Indeed. Yeah, and please do yeah do that um, because it helps to us to provide more relevant conversations and and, mm-hmm. and content.
1: Certainly. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed.
0: Thank you. Well, are you talking to me or our audience? Oh, audience. Yeah.
1: the conversation. I always love our early morning chats on a Friday.
0: Indeed. Good. Well, that's all we've got time for today, everybody. So um, have a great week, and we'll speak to you again next week. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Culture Gym Podcast. Thanks for working out with us. Till next time, work happy.